And then you get the winter meetings. And you start to think about baseball at the Battery Baseball at Truist Park. And um, I believe this man recently, uh, what's the term? Betrothed? Got married. Yeah, that's the term. Got hitched. Congratulations, Grant. Grant McCall joining us. Thank you. Yeah. How did, did Thank you so much. Everything go off as you uh, what what was what was the highlight of the uh, nuptials? Uh, the highlight for me obviously was the vows and the ceremony itself, but we had a great time celebrating all the work and planning and all those things that we wanted to have all those details be where we hoped they would be. Well, they all ended up there. So it was a wonderful cool. day, best day of my life, and then we went to Jamaica and enjoyed ourselves a nice week away from everything and didn't plan anything. Good for you. Who who was the most overserved at the wedding? <laughs> you know, everybody pretty much behaves, but there's always an outlier. There were a couple of kids that tried to swim in the waterfall that was the backdrop for our wedding, so yeah. I think they discouraged that. What so side of trying the to family? Keep everybody safe, get them all home. What side of the family was that? <laughs> Cannot divulge for both my reasons and hers. Okay. Uh, all right, so... Talk about the trade yesterday. Why did Bra- uh, let Braves fans know why did we do it? What are the implications, and how does it affect next season? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing we knew that the Braves were going to need is to address left field in, in addition to the rotation. And I don't think that they found a rotation answer in this. And we can get to Marco Gonzalez shortly, but it was an interesting trade for me because Jared Kelnick is a name that has been circulating basically since he got drafted in 2018. He's already been part of a huge blockbuster trade between the Mariners and the Mets. They sent Edwin Diaz to New York, and Seattle felt like this was going to be a building block, a piece of their future. He was going to be right there beside Julio Rodriguez, and they were going to have things set up. And coming off the playoffs a year ago, I think they still felt pretty confident that you know they were a team trending in the right direction. But this offseason has been very weird for them. And moving Kelnick for the Mariners side, I think, was about getting rid of some undesirable contracts. Marco Gonzalez and Evan White are due about $29 million the next couple of years. Cash considerations went in the deal. But the centerpiece and the headliner for the Braves was buying a talent, basically, like Jared Kelnick, by taking on those contracts and having a chance to put an impact player if he's able to finally tap into that potential in their outfield. He's controllable for the next five years, which is no small thing either for the Braves to have a player like that. Uh, you know, it's part of uh, what they've been building. You know, you know, controllable assets and talent. That's a huge part of having a good club for a long time. And the right, Braves what, are hoping that Jared Kelnick unlocks something here in Atlanta. What's Jared Kelnick's career looked like over the last four or five years? Um, you know, the minor league numbers are exactly what you'd expect. He's a near 300 hitter with a 900 plus on base, but in the major leagues, save 2023 and his hot start, it's been a bit underwhelming. He's about a 200 career hitter. He strikes out 30% of the time, but on the other side of that, you, you look at the raw tools and the talent and you think, can we, and the Braves have a great hitting environment is how Alex Anthopoulos described it. Can Kevin Seitzer and his crew kind of help him unlock something? And I think that was the tantalizing part of this. Just it made a lot of sense. And the Braves lineup around him, they're carrying all the freight anyway. So there's no more pressure for Jared Kelnick to come up and be the next big thing. He can just be the guy that comes in and does his thing. And hopefully that's something that's a bigger part of the success for the Braves or a piece of that success. Grant McCauley, beat reporter for 92.9 The Game. He's at the winter meetings with uh, our Atlanta Braves. Now. Was the hissy fit where he broke his foot this past year or 22? That was this past year. And I think and it wasn't was, it late July? It was. It was right after the All-Star break. And he'd had a decent first half, very hot start the first, I believe, five, six weeks of the year. And then as you know, the Major League season goes, mm-hmm. the highs were there and then the lows came along. And I know that he's had no doubt thought about what 2021 and 2022 were as far as underwhelming. 
and he let it get the best of him. But I will say, I mean, if you will go find the press conference when he had to discuss with the media how disappointed he was for himself, for his teammates in that outburst, that that was unfortunately a learning experience for him, but one that should not derail his entire career, but might have been part of a tipping point for his time in Seattle. I just watched that last night where he was crying. It was very emotional, and it was almost like a come to Jesus, for lack of a better term, for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe a clean slate is going to work for him. Grant McCauley with us, talking Braves at the winter meetings. What's the three biggest stories floating around there? I assume Shohei Otani at the top. Yeah, Shohei Otani has been, I think, the A number one story, probably the one and two story because he's the greatest two-way player we'll ever see. And the intrigue around who's going to end up signing him. I think in the background of all of that, you know, there are all of the rumors and, and buzz, and it just feels like this market is waiting for some big domino to fall. And I don't know if that's Otani. How many clubs does that really affect? How many clubs have a realistic chance of signing him? Uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is the Japanese pitcher who could come over and make a huge splash for somebody. There's a lot of talk about him. I know he's the Mets' number one target. And then beyond that, I think it's just trying to find out where clubs stand and how they can get themselves just a little bit better. I think there's some starting pitchers that could get traded once these free agent dominoes fall. And the NL Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell hasn't signed either. So once those pieces start to really move, and it may not happen all this week here in Nashville, I think we're going to start to see some players finding new homes on a little bit more regular basis. Where's a Braves, uh, another frontline starter going to come from? I'm really intrigued, and I talked about this on From the Diamond this past week, to see if they're able to pull off that trade. As I mentioned, Marco Gonzalez, he's an innings eater type starter who was hurt last year, and I just don't see him really fitting in with what the Braves, A, need, and B, I think maybe actually A, let's flip these around, would like to have to go in their starting rotation. So is that Dylan Cease of the White Sox, who's under control for two more years? Could it be a Tyler Glass now, who's got one very expensive year left with the Tampa Bay Rays? Or could they get creative and think outside the box and find somebody else that nobody's talking about those are uh, some of the names and Shane Bieber of the uh, Guardians is another one that could get moved at some point this winter and you know maybe the Braves are going to be in on these guys and perhaps these talks are already going on we just don't know when they're going to bear fruit is Snicker there yet is he going to talk today or Alex going to speak okay We'll get to talk to both of them today. Snit's going to talk around noon and Alex a little bit later in the afternoon. I'm also really excited to catch up with Stephen Vogt. Briefly a Brave in 2021. He's now the manager of the Cleveland Guardians. He's going to be here today. And he's one of baseball's good guys. And it's always fun to watch somebody. I knew him from the minor leagues all the way on up. Fun to see their dream come true in a number of different ways. And he is excited about being a big league manager. So I'm looking forward to catching up with him too. Von Grissom have a shot to play left field. I think he's got a shot to be part of that mix, but I don't think you make a move like this and take on the money that you did to get Jared Kelnick to go into a straight platoon or a big timeshare situation out there. That being said, Vaughn's doing everything he can to try to find himself a spot to get every day at best because it's just not happening on the infield and he's going to go down to Puerto Rico and play winter ball. So, Athletically, he can handle it defensively, but I think the questions around Vaughn will be, especially with his hard-hit contact and, and the, the power that you expect from a corner outfielder, will that be there? And can he outplay or outshine Jared Kelnick? We may have to find that out in spring training if Vaughn Grissom's not part of one of those aforementioned trades that the yeah. Braves could swing between here and February. Any uh, ex-Brave surprise you given the offseason and the revamping of our bullpen? Not really. I think that, you know, there's a little bit of talk I know about you know, where the Braves are with the collective uh, or, or with the, uh, the salary threshold and, and where they are in regards to going over that penalty for a second straight year, which I believe that they will. Could they, in some of these trades, get creative and move someone and free up some money, whether that's now that they've restocked this bullpen, could you move Rysel Iglesias? 
since you have such a great lineup, can you move the $18 million that you owe Marcelo Zuna, given that he's coming off a great year? I would say probably a good chance of that with Rysel if they are motivated to do that. With Ozuna, I'm not so sure because left field is still a bit of a question, and 40 homer hitters are nice to have. So do you really want to move him now if you believe that he's back? So that, those are kind of the questions I'm, I'm looking to see moving forward. But as far as anybody that's moved on thus far this year, yeah, you know, love Michael Soroka, love Kyle Wright. They just didn't seem to fit in the picture both in 2024 and beyond. Great stuff. I mean, that's you see that right there? That was a beat writer just really hammering good. it out there. And you didn't even ask him where is he eating in Nashville? I don't know. Is he or... a food guy, Grant, really? Grant, you're or a food it... guy? Yeah, unfortunately, I've been a convention center guy, so I'm pretty much uh, beholden oh, to trying oh. to find little things here and there, and the, the 12-hour workday is kind of getting where, in the way where, of the food scene. Which hotel is it? Maybe tell Braves fans, because the winter meetings are weird. I mean, it's not so structured. It's really laid back, right? Well, it's it's a bit overwhelming in Nashville in some ways that it's not in San Diego and some of the other cities I've done this in because it's in the Gaylord Opryland Hotel. Is it is a maze. There are plenty of restaurants and also plenty of very expensive places to find snacks. But once you get in and kind of get acclimated right about the time that you need to leave, you feel pretty good about it. But there's a lot going on. And yesterday went pretty fast for me, and I'm sure the next two days will as well. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah.